Welcome to The V-Hive, a platform focused on women's intimate health. With weekly episodes from the field's top practitioners, we discuss all of the things you've always thought about but never wanted to talk about. On this podcast, we are making the highest quality information on the most beloved part of your body accessible, understandable, and implementable. I'm your host, Hannah Matluck, and I started this platform as a result of my own experience with chronic pelvic pain. Throughout the years I spent healing my body, I became overwhelmingly interested and passionate about these topics and have made it my mission to create awareness and education on the complexities of the female body. Okay guys, if you are not already a member of the VHive, I highly recommend you become one. The lowest membership level is only $2.99 a month. There are three different memberships, but I'll just tell you a little bit about the lowest tier, but still a great tier. It's called the Premium Hive. And what you get by becoming a member of the Premium Hive is access to exclusive discount codes to my favorite products in addition to a bonus Ask Me Anything episode every single month where you will be able to send in your questions directly to me and I will answer them anonymously. So by becoming a member, not only are you receiving all of this incredible additional bonus content and as the tiers go up, you receive more and more content, but you are also helping to support the VHive and allow us to continue to spread this information and education and just grow our mission and create awareness around women's intimate health. So if you wanna learn more about the VHive memberships, go to www.thevhive.com backslash memberships. Welcome to the VHive, Elisa Vidi. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy to be here, Hannah. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I will give a little bit of an introduction as to who you are. For those who don't know, Elisa is a functional nutritionist and women's hormone expert. She's the founder of the modern hormone healthcare company, Flow Living, the best-selling author of the book Woman Code and her new book, In the Flow, and she is the creator of the Cycle Syncing Method. She also built the MyFlow period app, which is the top paid period tracker on iTunes. So there are a million things we could talk about today, but we have an interesting topic that we're going to focus in on. But before we, we dive into that, first, just tell us a little bit more about how you got into this space. Well, I, you know, found myself um, fascinated by all things biology related as a young person and and felt fairly certain that what I wanted to be was uh, an OBGYN when I, you know, entered the work world. And then uh, my own hormonal issues in my teens and early 20s really changed my perspective on how you know, what the real struggles are that women face when it comes to their hormones and what kind of care was missing um, because that was the experience that I had. And so I promised myself that I would build a platform that uh, worked along with your, you know, standard gynecologist, right, that you go in for your gynecology visits and get your exam and do all the wonderful things that gynecology is excellent for. And then for your everyday hormonal management, which is best achieved through diet and lifestyle support, you would have a place to come and learn how to do that. And that place that I built is called Flow Living. And I'm really proud to have built the first company ever like this to support women and their daily hormonal needs uh, globally. We have um, we support women in every continent. And uh, it's something I'm really proud of, both as an entrepreneur in the femtech space, but also um, as a feminist, uh, to, to make sure that we have some access to something that is just so fundamental to the quality of our life. Mm-hmm. It's time, right? Yeah, it's time. It is. We, it's been. we deserve this. And it's, um, not lost on me that there's this gender bias in, you know, medical fitness and nutrition research that has a really negative effect on the quality of your health and on your life. It's not lost on me that, 
you know, a man and a woman could walk into their doctor's office, complain about the same pain, and 10 times out of 10, the man's pain will be taken very seriously, but eight times out of 10, the woman's pain will be dismissed. Yeah. Right? Um, these insidious, institutionalized forms of, of uh, gender bias when, we, when it comes to dealing with our health um, it's just so old news and, and not based in any real fact or science. And we just, we, we, we know better and we, meaning we have the data and the research. And so we should, we should have better support. And I'm doing my part with Flow Living and with the books that I write um, to help um, push that conversation forward so that women can have the care that they, that they need. It's incredible. There are two main things that I want to discuss with you today. Both are related to sex. And I think that these are, when I was doing my own research into planning this episode, I came across two articles that you wrote, which really stood out to me. And I was like, this is so interesting. I learned something new and I know that everyone listening will also learn something new from this so and also this is something that i've never heard anyone discuss so okay here we go my first question is in regards to the female biological pattern the infradium rhythm which for women is closely tied to our menstrual cycle and the hormonal shifts that come with it so you mentioned in one of the articles that you wrote for well and good entitled how to be fully satisfied tonight and every night that sexually speaking our interests and desires change with our rhythm it's a positive and powerful aspect of being a woman but few of us are actively aware of it much less how we can harness it more for energy and a better sex life a more fulfilling sex life so enlighten us on like what this all means and how this really works So in my new book, In the Flow, um, this is the first book actually to talk about the infradian rhythm. And for those of you who are hearing that term for the first time, which don't be alarmed if you are. I uh, did, for sure. That is the first time you're going to hear it is probably from me. (laughs) And so the infradian rhythm, I-N-F-R-A-D-I-A-N, I I feel like I should start making t-shirts so (laughs) that we all know about it, um, is you know, has it, it's part of the, the system of biological rhythms in the science called chronobiology. Um, you've probably heard a lot about the circadian rhythm, right? Mm-hmm. And the circadian rhythm, you know, governs like your wake-sleep cycle, and you experience it over the course of 24 hours. The thing that you may not know about the circadian rhythm and uh, is that it governs much more than just your sleep-wake cycle, even though that's how you, at the highest level, experience it. It governs the, the activity of many systems of your body. For example, in order for you to have a sleep-wake cycle, the timing of certain things inside your body needs to be orchestrated. Can you imagine, for example, if this timing wasn't orchestrated and here you are one night trying to get a good night's sleep and all of a sudden at three in the morning, you are awoken out of a deep, deep REM cycle with an active bowel movement that needs to be handled, right? Yeah, not good. So in fact, if it would be not good, you would never get deep sleep because you would have you'd have, you know, no timing to the, when your bowel movements are more active or when they're more dormant. So the circadian rhythm governs when your bowel movements, for example, when your bowel as a whole is more active during the day, in the morning, and when it's more dormant later in the evening and certainly all night long. It also affects when your blood pressure is naturally more elevated, when it's more uh, uh, lower, and other things as well, right? And so that's really empowering information to know because you're going to want to support that process. In fact, all the studies that we have on the circadian rhythm, the famous Boston nurses studies show that when you don't support this process and you interrupt it, the circadian rhythm, um, it can create disease in the short term and lots of inflammation and inflammatory based diseases in the long term. So, I wanted to start off my explanation of the infradian rhythm, which is something you don't know about, with something that you have heard before, the circadian rhythm, because 
it is exactly the same logic that you will apply to this new biological rhythm. Your infradian rhythm is something you experience over the course of your monthly cycle over, let's say, 28 to 30 days. And you experience it on uh, in that high level, like you do your sleep-wake cycle, the thing that you're aware of, in your menstrual cycle. But like the circadian rhythm affects much more than just your sleep-wake cycle, the infradian rhythm affects much more than just when you're bleeding, when you're ovulating. And it affects, it turns out, six key systems of your body, your brain, your metabolism, your immune response system, your stress response system, your microbiome, and your reproductive system, which includes your period, your fertility, and your sex drive. So this is really important for you to know because so many of you have likely been trying all sorts of wellness trends from HIIT workouts to intermittent fasting to all sorts of biohacking things um, to achieve an optimal state of health, right? Yeah. And to, to have your best life, right? And that's why I call the book In the Flow, this idea that you can architect a peak flow state both in your body and in your life. There's an actual way to do that once you understand the structure or the pattern of the infradian rhythm. And one of the places, and there's a whole chapter dedicated to this, this issue around sex, in the new book, In the Flow, I think it's chapter eight, um, that I wrote because it turns out that 60% of women, according to recent studies, are sexually unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. And when we compare that to the male population, it is not, we're not even in the same galaxy. Like there, it's like under 10%, right? Or rather, it's, we don't even know the number because anytime a man wants to achieve an orgasm, he is completely able to do that. Now, whether he's doing that with a partner or not, and the degree to which he ties his satisfaction to being achieving his sexual pleasurable outcome with a partner or without is a personal choice. But the fact that he can always achieve a, a pleasurable outcome is something that he has as a foundation for women it seems to be the case that for 60% of us, we feel like sometimes it's like fireworks and other times it's flat and we are left mystified and confused as to why that is. Mm-hmm. And that need not be. Once you understand how your sexual desire and your sexual response, which are two different things, right? Sexual desire meaning your interest in sex, and sexual response, meaning your orgasmic potential mm-hmm. physically, um, are affected by the modulating effects of your infradian rhythm, then you can biohack your way to achieving a pleasurable outcome every time you engage sexually, whether that be with solo play or with partner play. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a basic fundamental right that women should have to know how their bodies work and then to be able to enjoy them Completely. for good health, Completely. for sexual pleasure, for whatever, right? As opposed to what we have now, which is to not be given correct information about our bodies. In fact, we're, fre- we're fed uh, toxic mythological rhetoric about how as a woman you are cursed to suffer with menstrual and, and labor pain and that there are no, you know, it's, it's uh, inherited. If you have period problems that run in the family, you're going to be cursed with that for life and there's nothing you can do and, and medicine doesn't understand you. And so you're just left holding the bag. You're trained to be a victim and to turn against your own self as your own body, so to speak, as a woman, like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, this body that I have, it's, um, you feel that it doesn't, um, it's not on your side. It's something you have to fight with. It's a struggle. When in fact, nature has given you the most powerful, efficient, incredible system from head to toe, yeah. from brain to ovaries and everything in between. But you are not being told that you're being told the opposite, right? We've all been told and have heard that women are the weaker sex. And it is just so not true that I spent a whole chapter just outlining for you just from system to system of your body why specifically it's not true so that you can really hear the facts. Um, But once you understand this infradian biological rhythm, it can really empower you to 
um, make sure that you get the health outcome or the life outcome that you want. And when it comes to sex, I mean, biohacking your your orgasm is like something you should get on right away. <laughs> Why? Not because it's just something that feels good, but because um, the more you achieve orgasmic plateau, notice I'm not saying climax, you might even say, hey, Lisa, what's the difference? I'll tell you in a second. And it's significant. The more you achieve orgasmic plateau, the more health benefits you have hormonally, cognitively, immunologically, and anti-aging wise, right? So I'm invested in you having pleasure, not just because that's something that you should have as an equal right to men, so to speak, but also because it is so health beneficial for you, unlike Mm -hmm. anything else. I always joke with women, you know, yes, vitamins are important, but you also need, you know, your vitamin O, you need your vitamin orgasm because it just does for you things that nothing else can do. (laughs) Um, Amazing. Let me just just dive into that. Well, hold on. Wait, I want to backtrack because I just want to quickly say that what stood out to me so much about the first thing we were talking about in terms of like the different phases of our menstrual cycle and how they affect the changes in our sex drive throughout the month. Like it was crazy to me that, that I didn't know that. And I think that it's something that every woman experiences, but as you discussed in this article, they don't know why. And since no one knows it and doctors aren't really sharing it, you just are left confused. So, I mean, I want to get into the biohacking hour orgasms because that was my second question. And that's like the most interesting. And I know everyone needs and wants to hear about that. But can you first explain the different phases of our menstrual cycle and how our sex drive, how it's actually normal that our sex drive changes throughout the phases? Absolutely. So you have four distinct phases in the cycle, the follicular, the ovulatory, the luteal, and the menstrual, or the bleeding phase. And you, this affects your brain chemistry in different ways. In fact, your brain changes by 25% over the course of the month, and that was discovered back in 1996 by Dr. Catherine Woolley at Northwestern University. Um, you have immunological changes. Estrogen is an immunomodulator, and so you have peak immunity during certain times, and then you have regular immunity at other times of the cycle. You have metabolic changes. You have a slightly slower metabolism in some of these phases and a slightly faster metabolism in other phases. When it comes to your sexual response, we want to break down you know, the fact that you are not supposed to feel the same way each and every day. And unfortunately, again, just like we've been inherited these um, toxic conversations around, you know, what a period is supposed to be like, we've also inherited a set of expectations around what our sex drive is supposed to be like out of the pornography industry. And when you look at pornographic representations of women's sexual response, it's, they are already wet before anything happens to them, and then they are immediately having a climax, Mm. right, Mm -hmm. Um, upon any sort of stimulation. And this is completely unrealistic. That is not how your body works, right? And and it's funny, too, because... um, Men know for themselves, for example, that, like, they need to do certain things to achieve a satisfactory erection, and they don't feel guilty about the fact that they need to take that time to, to do that, mm-hmm. right, to have the stimulation that results in their, their satisfactory erection, and then they also know that it takes however long it takes for them with the proper amount and, uh, uh, and type of stimulation for them to achieve their climax and have an ejaculation. And they don't have any problem with, um, you know, taking that time for themselves. But we as women, because we've seen certain images and, and, you know, in pornography, you'll see men going on and on and on until they achieve their ejaculation. In fact, the longer they go is celebrated. Mm. But for women, it's the opposite. You are supposed to achieve that climax right away. And that is what is celebrated. And why? Well, from the heteronormative point of view, uh, meaning the male point of view in a heteronormative culture, 
um, you know, there's less work on his part if you just happen to be climaxing immediately with almost no effort, right? That's really where it, it, it is. And that's unfortunate because then you internalize that as that's what your response should be. But let me sort of introduce you to your response because it's very different. It's so lovely. And you should be able to use this information so that you can achieve this beautiful orgasmic experience anytime you want with yourself, with your partner. So across these four phases, Hannah, you have different hormones at play, both that drive desire and um, a physical response. So in the, um, I'm gonna, there are two wet phases of your cycle and two dry phases. I always start with this because most of us just assume that we should lubricate mm. upon stimulation. And that's just not actually how your body works. If you are in the ovulatory phase and the luteal phase, then you those are the wet phases, you will be naturally already more lubricated throughout the day, whether that be from the cervical fluid that is leaving your body or from just more of that natural lubrication that the body is producing during the luteal phase. And so you may not need, you may like to add it in, but you might not actually need any additional lubricant if you're engaging in sexual activity during the ovulatory and the luteal phases. And that's important to know because what that means is when you do approach the clitoris in these phases without the addition of lube, you will not experience any painful friction that might bypass your ability to achieve a climax, right? Mm -hmm. Now, in the follicular and the bleeding phase, right, these are your dry phases. And this means that if you're doing any activity before you start, before you approach the clitoris, you must apply lubricant. Must. Hmm. Because you will not readily produce adequate levels of lubricant from stimulation. And by the time you might be able to produce it, you will likely have created so much dry friction on your clitoris that you won't want to proceed any further. Right. That's right? interesting, yeah. So to avoid to avoid pain, which is the opposite of pleasure, you need to know when your dry phases are and you need to start the party with lubricant uh, or not start it at all. And mm. that's really, really an important foundation, right? Completely. Because so many of us think in a sexual situation that when something doesn't feel good, that something's wrong with us. Yeah. And that we should tolerate it right? And that's just, again, because we're not given adequate education about the actual scientific reality about our bodies. And so we just tolerate um, things that we, we should not tolerate. So I hope that that's a first piece of something that you can hold on to to start improving your, your sexual pleasurable outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing you need to know is desire changes as well across the infradian rhythm. So This is so Um, interesting also. Well, I think that we should know that, you know, we don't have to feel the same way all the time, right? So testosterone um, drives our desire during ovulation and the first half of the luteal phase, right? This introduction of the hormone testosterone in the cycle um, is something that is really driving desire along with elevated estrogen. And so, again, ovulatory phase and luteal phase, you're going to be more interested in sex and you're going to need less time of stimulation to achieve both the orgasmic plateau stage and climax, right? And I'll, I'll go into what the differences are after I'm done sort of explaining this piece. In the follicular stage right so that's the week after right after your bleed is over that's both a dry phase it's a lower estrogen phase and it's a zero testosterone phase right so you're not naturally as interested sexually during that that week and that's okay if you notice that about yourself nothing absolutely nothing is wrong with you that's Mm -hmm. actually just what is happening hormonally it's natural it's normal you can do any number of things about that that you want. You can 
get out some lubricant, you can read some erotic literature, you can watch female produced, um, you know, videos that are more sexually realistic, you can do anything you want to get yourself in the mood if you'd like to, you can engage with your partner, um, you can self play, but it will not, it will be something that you have to say, okay, I'm going to do this thing now, right? Yeah. Whereas opposed mm-hmm. to once we have testosterone entering the scene in ovulation, it's going to feel like this is something I have to do. I want to do. I'm in the mood. It doesn't, I don't have to switch my brain off or like schedule the events. Right. Right. And then in the menstrual phase, it's very interesting. The bleeding phase is very interesting because again, it's a low estrogen, zero testosterone phase. But because the uterus has increased in size and weight from the uh, increase in the lining of the uterus, right? The endometrium thickens uh, leading up to menstruation. And so in that day before, the first day of, a lot of women actually feel physiologically stimulated. They feel physically stimulated um, because the weight of the uterus inside the pelvic floor is greater and can actually press pleasurably on the nerve fibers that connect from the vaginal canal up to the clitoris. And so you can feel like um, your clitoris, your vagina is uh, being stimulated just while you're not doing anything in this very subtle way that can make you interested in having some sort of sexual experience during that, that time. But that your desire is not being driven hormonally, it's being driven from your physiological pelvic floor uh, structure. And so that's an interesting thing to know. Mm -hmm. Now, some women don't feel that sensory experience from the added weight of their uterus, and they are not interested in sex at that time. Either way, um, if you're going to engage, you must use lubricant because menstrual blood is not lubricating. In fact, if you, you know, anytime you get a cut right on your skin and there's blood exposed, the blood, when it meets the air, it dries out and becomes very sticky. Same thing will happen, especially if you're doing anything um, penetrative. Um, the blood is only going to become um, more exposed to air, drier, tackier, stickier, and is going to cause friction vaginally and therefore more pain and less pleasurable outcome. So lubricant is essential if you're going to engage sexually while you're bleeding and can be very pleasurable um, for women, again, because of that added pressure from the uterus. Um, it's going to give you some other internal stimulation, very interesting experience to, to, to know about and then to go consciously into while you're having, if you're engaging at that time. Not to mention that a lot of women uh, report that having clitoral climax can really reduce uh, any sort of pain that they're experiencing in those early days of their cycle if they're still having cramps, which, by the way, you shouldn't be having. If you're having them, you can work on that with us at Flow Living. Um, But you can use that as a pain reliever um, because of all the powerful chemicals that are released during climax. Mm -hmm. I want to take a minute just to break down the distinction so you understand not just the infradian rhythm and its effect on um, your desire, but also what kind of stimulation that you need um, and what these fa- these stages of arousal are so that you get the most out of your orgasm. So um, before, quickly, know, before we get into that, I just want to take one minute to just say that I think having this information women and even men having this information is so important in understanding our bodies because as you touched upon a lot of times women feel like something's wrong with them if they're not as aroused or lubricated or in the mood and I think that having this information to actually know why that is and why your body's reacting or responding or feeling the way it is is like life-changing so I'm just and I love that you pointed that out because I think it makes us um you know having this awareness of ourselves and then teaching that to our partners it 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 makes for a relationship in general it also definitely makes for a more potent sexual relationship because now you and your partner are going to know 
exactly what to do to make sure that you're having the most pleasure possible, right? Completely. Some phases of the month, that's going to be, um, you know, lots and lots of foreplay and lots of clitoral stimulation. Other phases of the month, it may be less and you can still achieve the same amount of uh, climax. Other phases of the month, it may be that you need to do something together as a couple first outside of the bedroom to um, build some oxytocin together out in the world to bond a little bit, go for a hike, do something fun to get yourself out of your head, and then, you know, take it back to the bedroom and and fall in love with each other all over again, so to speak. And Mm -hmm. so by following your infrating rhythm, not just sexually, but also for your relationship, it, it keeps us out of uh, that sort of rut that we can find ourselves in where we're kind of like doing the same thing, rinse and repeat with our relationship both in and out of the bedroom. And, and that's another gift that the infrating rhythm and its pattern can provide individuals and couples um, as they, you know, work toward a healthy long-term relationship. Yeah. And lastly, it takes away the fear and the worry component that like, you know, why is my body acting this way? Why is this happening? I don't understand. I think something's wrong. And we all know that fear and worry is so bad for our health. So understanding what is going on with your body just eliminates that. And that is also something that's so important. Yeah, I mean, I think I've I've been working with women for 20 years and I, I cannot tell you how many times Women have come up to me saying things like, you know, oh, my libido, something's wrong with my libido. Right. And and I then explain this to them, and they said, oh, nothing's wrong with my libido. I just didn't know what I needed when, and so uh, I was just, you know, almost 50% of the time getting it wrong. Right. And not achieving my pleasurable outcome and the whole time and a hundred percent of the time assuming that something is wrong with me, uh, with my sex drive and, you know, and then they would seek out hormone support or supplements or, or anything, um, to see if they could quote unquote, get that, that hot, ready to go instantly wet, instantly climactic, uh, experience in their body back, um, when it was never supposed to be there in the first place, it was just an inappropriate expectation based on toxic cultural conditioning and getting that right education and that correct orientation to your body is it's liberating. It relieves any sort of anxiety and you know, you just start to enjoy your body the way you're supposed to. Completely. So as you mentioned before, which is the next thing that I want to talk about, how we can biohack our orgasms and understanding the four phases of the arousal process. So walk us through the four different phases and and how this has such a large effect on our overall health, really, as a woman. Well, this is sort of a I mean, I look at biohacking our orgasm in these two parts. First, understanding the change, the infradian effect on your desire and response. And then the second piece is understanding the four stages of arousal so that you're fully informed about your, your mechanics, so to speak, right? Mm. <laughs> so most of us assume, and we use the incorrect terminology, we interchange the word orgasm and climax. Um, you know, as if they mean the same thing. But when we look at it from the standpoint of these four stages of arousal, you have um, tumescence, which is the female version of an erection, right, where we have blood flowing to the, the genital area, the labia, the inner labia, the clitoris, the vaginal canal, and those tissues become engorged, and um, all the nerve endings um, are fully... Uh, exposed and ready to receive pleasurable stimulation. And that tumescence process um, is stimulated by not actually touching the genitalia, but it comes from breathing, from being uh, engaged with your partner uh, in, a, in an erotic way. And that could be with the partner, that could be reading erotic informa- you know, stories, it would be just something that looks sexy to you visually. Um, there are many ways that you can um, become mentally aroused that then alters your breathing that 
triggers this process of tumescence. Then you move into orgasmic plateau, which I'll talk about more in a second. Then you have climax, and then you have what is called the refractory period, which is where you know your you've had your climax, your nerve your clitoral nerve endings have had enough, and you need a break to reset, right? To start the process over again. And this is the four stages of arousal. Everybody has this process, men and women. Um, although we don't call male tumescence, we don't call that tumescence. We call that the erection process. So, <clears throat> in these four stages, interestingly enough, the most important, the most pleasurable and the most health beneficial stage is the orgasmic plateau. So what is that? And what's the difference between that and climax? The orgasmic plateau, the best way I can do it is to describe a scale from one to zero to 10, right? So zero is nothing has happened. One to four is tumescence. Four to eight is your orgasmic plateau. And eight to 10 is climax right? Mm-hmm. Orgasmic plateau between that four and an eight is where your body generates a tremendous amount of some important chemicals, uh, specifically nitric oxide and oxytocin. These two chemicals have massive and enormous health benefits for you from everything from regulating your ovulation, boosting your fertility, increasing collagen production in the skin, protecting your brain health, Um, improving your immune system short-term and long-term, slowing down the aging process in the cells, boosting your serotonin levels and your mood. I mean, improving your cardiovascular health. It is enormously beneficial for you. The problem is, again, because we've been conditioned by pornographic set of expectations, we bypass this orgasmic plateau and we go right to climax. And the best way you can know if that's something that you're maybe doing without realizing it is if you're using a vibrator (laughs) and Mm -hmm. nothing against vibrators like i in fact i think certain times of the cycle they're very beneficial to help you achieve climax but if that's the only way that you're engaging with your clitoris then it's very likely that you're bypassing that that orgasmic plateau stage and not generating as much of those key chemicals to give you all those health benefits as possible. And so women need to understand that as they approach their clitoris with their hand, whether they're using lube or not, depending on which stage of the cycle they're in, that they want to begin to learn what is called edging. And edging is a term that's been used for a long time where you edge a little bit up with you know increasing stimulation and intensity of the clitoris and you feel all the good feelings and your breathing changes and all of that, and then you slow down the stimulation and the intensity and your breathing slows down and you regain your composure a bit and you're back down to a four and you go up and down from that four to eight, up and down as much as you can. The longer you can engage in that edging process at least 20 minutes twice a week, the more of these health benefits that you will have. And then when you've had enough time with this edging process within your orgasmic plateau stage, then you can feel free to have your climax, which gives you a a definite added boost of these hormones, uh, of these chemicals, and gives you a big cortisol flush as well. So it has a lot of benefits on its own. But you don't want to bypass just putting a, a very strong vibrator right on your clitoris from the beginning like I'll call that a cold start and you are going to really overstimulate, hyperstimulate the 8,000 nerve endings of your clitoris and completely bypass this uh, beautiful orgasmic plateau stage of the arousal process and miss out on all of those health benefits. And of course, training yourself on how to do this is a foundational step in then being able to empower your partner and how to create this with you when you're engaging sexually together so that he or she does not overstimulate you and you just get a quick climax but can really take you on an orgasmic journey during the time that you're engaging physically together. Mm-hmm. This is so crazy fascinating. Oh my God. Um, wow. So I think this is something that 
is very important. And when I read this and you just explained it in much greater detail, which was amazing. But when I first read this, I was like, why is this not a thing? Like, why has no one ever spoken about this? I don't understand. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know either. (laughs) It's crazy, though. Not, not, not for anything. I think that, um, many people like, like there are so many heroes or heroines in the sexual health conversation, like Betty Dodson and Sherry Winston, who are really have been trying to teach women how to self-pleasure for a long time. I think that, um, what I'm focused on more is not the, let's say, practical applications. And I would recommend Betty's book, Sex for One, and Sherry Winston's book, The Anatomy of Arousal, um, for any woman and every woman um, so that she can understand uh, her, her whole system uh, sexually and how, to, and how to really practice great self-pleasuring. Um, what, I, what I bring to the conversation is this just really coming from this chronobiology and hormonal point of view, looking at the patterns of how these things are in our bodies in real time, and then working with them. So one level is, you know, knowing that self-pleasuring is good for you, and that's a conversation that Betty Dodson has been having for a long time. Another level is understanding that you have, let's say, inner labia, outer labia, you have the legs of the clitoris that you can't even see that extend down into the inner labia, um, that you have different um, bundles of, of sort of nerve areas within the vaginal canal that create, can create a lot of pleasure. That's very empowering to know about the anatomy. And this is sort of a third layer that is new that I'm introducing in this book, In the Flow, that, um, that our infradian rhythm is also something that we need to be fluent with because men are fluent in their circadian hormonal pattern uh, at, at all the time, right? They know, for example, that, and, and if you're in a heterosexual relationship, you know that your man wakes up if he's healthy, uh, with all of his testosterone because his morning erection is the direct result of all that testosterone being released into his bloodstream around five o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that you also know that if you're in a long-term relationship with a man, his ideal time during the day to have sex is not after 10 o'clock. That's actually when he is like really drained of all of his hormones and he needs to be sleeping so that he can make testosterone while he's sleeping for the next day. So he, he is aware of this and he is working with his biological rhythm to maximize his own pleasure. I am simply suggesting, uh, well, A, I'm, I'm bringing forward this term of the infradian rhythm, and I want to educate us about it. And then I'm simply suggesting that we take that really good best practice that men have been using to synchronize with their circadian hormonal cycle to our infradian rhythm, not just with our sex life, but with our diet and exercise, because they are doing it with their diet and exercise, not just with our diet and exercise, but also with our work and productivity, because that is why um, you know, that's what helps them be successful too. We can use this very intelligent practice of aligning with our biological rhythm um, and just make sure that it's completely applicable to our unique infrading rhythm, which men do not have. So I have one last question for you. Two last questions. One of them is what are your thoughts on the G-spot and a G-spot orgasm versus a clitoral orgasm? I mean, I love all the orgasms, uh, all, <laughs> all the places in which you can experience pleasure are great. Um, I think the clitoral orgasm is your foundation, again, because it is extraordinary and it's unique to women that we have this one particular spot that is 8,000 nerve endings dedicated exclusively to pleasure. And again, when we compare this to, let's say, the male anatomy um, I always joke that it's kind of like, remember those pens that had like four or five different colors and mm-hmm. you could click on one color and of it'd be course. green and then you could, right? The penis is like that in a way, like sometimes it's peeing, sometimes it's ejaculating, like it just right. you know, it's a multifunctional tool, whereas yes. your clitoris does nothing except create so much pleasurable biofeedback that you keep stimulating it so that you can produce more of these hugely health. Uh, and brain protective and health promoting chemicals, the nitric oxide and the oxytocin. Mm. So I think that you have to 
um, for your own well-being, really evolve your practice of uh, clitoral stimulation so that you maximize the benefits from that. The G-spot, um, again, you know, there's the G-spot, the U-spot, the A-spot, all within the vaginal canal. These are just different areas where different nerve fibers are connecting, whether that be from the anus or from the bladder or from the clitoris, anchored into the vaginal canal. And so you, can, you may feel some stimulation and pleasure um, if you're having any sort of penetration in these different spots, but it's not the kind of climax or orgasmic potential that your clitoris has. And so you shouldn't be uh, making yourself nuts about, am I having a G-spot orgasm or whatever? Um, it, it's just that it should feel good if you're having enough lubrication to have some sort of penetration, but I don't think that we need to focus on it. The real, the real uh, center of the party is the clitoris. Yeah. People also are capable of having um, cervical orgasms. You're also capable of having orgasms just uh, on the nipple, the breast area, um, I encourage women to do what is referred to as erotic mapping with yourself and with any partner that you engage with where you really take your time and just decide, like, you know, is your left earlobe sensitive and pleasurable if you touch it one way versus the other way? What kinds of touch do you like? Where do you like to be touched? We go so quickly right to the genitalia, and, and, and for women... Um, because not enough attention or understanding is, is given or is had to what we need to achieve orgasm, we often don't. And then we just accept that as what is, is reality when, it, when you are designed to be massively orgasmic and multiply orgasmic, all from um, you know many, many sources of stimulation all over your body and then, of course, by uh, concentrating that energy in the clitoral uh, area. Mm -hmm. This is fascinating. If you had to give your three top pieces of advice for good hormonal health, what would they be? The first thing would be to um, track your cycle. I would definitely recommend you download the My download the MyFlow Tracker, MyFlowTracker.com, and. Uh, because there's a little confusion out there in the marketplace, it's the icon is a circle, not a feather. And uh, you want to download that and really get to know your cycle, learn about the different phases. The MyFlow app, of course, is going to teach you about the infradian rhythm and what you need to know in each phase. Um, the second thing you want to do is start synchronizing, you know, use the cycle syncing method to really take care of this infradian rhythm so you can start to feel good and be symptom-free throughout the month, right? So you can have the sex life that you want and the sex drive that you want without any, um, you know, hormonal imbalances dragging you down. And then the third thing you want to do is um, eliminate any endocrine disruptive sources of input from your environment, whether that be your food or your home or the products that you're using. Make it as easy as possible for your body to do what it is designed to do. And those are my three tips to help you start the journey. Thank you so much for being here today. This was incredible. And last but not least, what resources can you recommend, whether they are books or podcasts or, you know, plug yourself, your books, like everything that you think all of my listeners should know about? Well, certainly I, I would encourage you to pick up and read the new book, In the Flow. And while you're waiting for it to be delivered, you can go to intheflowbook.com and, and download a bunch of free uh, infradian rhythm biohacking guides that are going to help you get started on your journey. Um, if you're really ready to take the deep dive and start to eat, exercise, and live in according with your, accordance with your infradian rhythm, you can join thousands of women from around the world who are using the cycle thinking method in our program called Flow 28, and that you can uh, join at cyclethinkingmembership.com. Um, if you're having period issues that you need help with, you can come to us at slowliving.com. And you can follow us on social at slowliving and at alisa.bd. This was incredible. Thank you again for being here, and I will speak with you soon. Thank you. Bye. 
before we go there's something i need to share with you guys so there is this incredible company called let's get checked and basically they are an at-home testing company so they have so many different tests that you can take many of which are sexual health tests so chlamydia gonorrhea trichomoniasis hiv syphilis garnerella mycoplasma urea plasma herpes simplex one and two the list goes on and on and on and then they also have women's health tests such as vitamin thyroid foley liver cholesterol cortisol iron it's unbelievable i've done several of them myself which i'm going to continue to share with you guys specifically about which tests i've done and what the results have said and then which supplements i'm taking but it's an incredible company and all you need to do is Go to their website, which is www.trylgc.com backslash VHive and add any test to your cart and then use the code VHive at checkout for 20% off your order and they ship the test to your house. You prick your finger with this little device that they send you and then you put the blood into this tiny jar. I've done it, as I said, several times and it's really, really, really simple and easy. So it's discreet. You don't have to go to a doctor's office, especially now when it's harder to get into doctors and you don't want to be exposed to as many people. These are tests that you can do in the comfort of your own home. They have an app where you can view your results and it's just simple. It makes everything easier. So I highly recommend trying some of their tests out. Again, go to www.trylgc.com backslash VHive, V-H-I-V-E, and enter the promo code VHive at checkout for 20% off your order. This podcast is for education purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare professional services, including the giving of medical advice. During the episodes, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.